when you're running, you know, a, a team like ours with as, as many customers as we're fortunate enough to handle, you're not gonna be able to get to everything in one day. And so you really have to prioritize what's important. Welcome to the Hyper Engage podcast. We are so happy to have you along our journey. Here, we uncover bits of knowledge from some of the greatest minds in tech. We unearth the hows, whys, and whats that drive the tech of today. Welcome to the movement. Hey, greetings, everybody. This is Adil from Hyper Engage Podcast. I have my co-host, Taylor Kennison, a very special guest, Brian. He's uh, currently a VP of Customer Success and Revenue Operations at Roadsync, which is a very emerging platform uh, in the logistics industry. They're helping with payments and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, finance, financial services solutions that they have. Thank you very much, uh, Brian, for taking the time. Yeah, thank you for having me. Cool. We also know that you, uh, prior to this, you had uh, a two years uh, VP level experience at User IQ. That is also uh, sort of a customer success platform, post sales uh, operations. And we'll talk more about that too. So, uh, starting off, Brian, uh, you, someone, uh, started with, uh, with a career mostly not towards so much core towards customer facing. How do you transition yourself? Uh, into stumbling upon, uh, you know, tech companies like User IQ, like now RoadSync, and what was your journey? What was your motivation and thought process at that time? Yeah, um, so I have always been in some sort of role that uh, is customer facing and helps the the customer. Um, I started way back when with Progressive Insurance, um, helping customers who had been in, in auto accidents, one of the you know most difficult things to to go through, um, and that really piqued my interest uh, from a mentality standpoint of, uh, you know, customer success. And at that time, um, you know, when I was a, a, a claim specialist, we operate to help um, further our customers' uh, business, or in that case, you know, their personal life by getting them to a point where they might not have been able to have gotten um, without our without our assistance. And I think that's sort of the North Star that's guided me throughout my career um, and why I'm so interested in, in customer success um, is the opportunity to go in and, and to impact or benefit um, individuals and or businesses uh, that hopefully um, are able to run a little bit better, operate a little bit better uh, because of the impact that my company, uh, my team or myself has had on them. Uh, and so that's, that's sort of guided me. It was drilled into me at Profit Recovery Partners um, I had some great managers and leaders there. Um, they're kind of, they're the ones that really built the core of, of who I am and kind of the way I think about customer success. Um, it's a, you know, Can you dive company. a bit into that, Brian? Like what are some of those like fundamentals that you learned super early on that really shaped how you think? Yeah. Um, so uh, our CEO uh, at Proper Recovery Partners, uh, Don Steiner, he was, he was just a, a visionary and a guy that always felt uh, and, 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 and imparted on us to do right by the customer. Um, one of his most popular sayings, and I tell my team all that, I'll say this all the time, is what we say is hearsay, we being the, the company, what the customer says is gold. And he lived by that. Um, and so the experiences I lived under, I got to live under him, um, as well as a manager of mine, Darren, who, who uh, I was with for six, seven, eight years, something like that. Um, they just always uh, thought of the customer first, um, whether it would be, um, hey, you know, 
how would the customer look at this and how can we set up a program to make it better through them? You know, it's the complete opposite side where inevitably when you're handling the customers, you're going to make mistakes. And so, you know, how do we figure out the best way to handle it? You know, that, that's going to make the customer uh, not necessarily happy, but understanding, right? We can't always make the customer happy. We can't always issue refunds, um, but we can help the customer understand why it happened. And um, so for seven and a half, I think it was seven and a half, eight years, um, it was just um, imprinted on on me uh, by that organization. Um, and it had a, a great impact and and still I use many of the lessons that they they taught me um, today. I'm really glad you mentioned that. It's one thing to, you know, have ideas circling around driving value toward customers, but do you actually make every single one of your decisions with that perspective in mind? Like it's not always about compromising with the customer because you can't always every single time, but you can create that dialogue and that relationship and that trust where you can have those transparent conversations and figure out what the best solution would be that benefits them in the best way. I'm really glad also you touched on, you know, your team. So I'm really curious how you translate these principles and the fundamentals that you learned to now your team. So I, I think it's done really in, in two ways. One, uh, because I'm in love with small organizations. Uh, this is not meant to be disrespectful to the big organizations, but I will feel, I feel like my career is going to be based in small and medium-sized organizations. But in this case, like I, as a leader, I kind of have to lead by example, right? And so there's sacrifices that we have to make. There's, you know, some scalable items, some non-scalable items uh, that you have to, to uh, do for your, for your customers. But um, it's at the end of the day all about making them um, uh, want to use your product more and to to grow with you to buy other other pieces. So um, so that's that's one way to do it. But then the, then the second way to do it is is to try to get uh, the team members, uh, whether it's through me or through you know in the, historically some some of the other leaders on the team, uh, to understand the benefits that will come out of it for them. Um, and, and that's, I think it's an okay conversation to have with, um, CSMs and, and CS teams is, Hey, look, if we do this right for the customer, here are the benefits that you're going to get, right? Um, if, if we're able to drive value for the customer, they're going to get, to want to do more business with us. They're going to want to renew. They might want to expand. And at the end of the day, that's going to affect, um, your pocketbook, um, which could be considered selfish in a way, but, um, I think it's a mm-hmm. language that, that speaks to everybody, right? We all want to be comfortable and we all want to do well and and we all want to be you know paid paid fairly for what we're doing so i think um tying that all all together where it says hey if if we do this right for the customer it's gonna be right for the organization it's gonna be right for you um and then it's just all gonna go in one big circle um so so that um everyone is 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 winning yeah absolutely it's all about you know, it's all about winning. And in, in, in the smaller businesses, startups, as you mentioned, it's not only about motivation. It's about inspiring people. It's about going first. It's about making impact first and leading by example. So it's more about, and, and, and in, in smaller businesses, you'll have like close-knit family that you're working with, be it like a team of CSMs, a bunch of CSMs that you're working with, your other partners on the leadership board they always look up to you like you are more noticeable in a smaller organization as compared to you are a tiny little part of something very big so uh not to disrespect uh, something 
related to like enterprise businesses and all, but it's it's just that. And you, as an individual, as a professional, you you get to learn a whole lot more things uh, as compared to uh, in a bigger organization. You have all things happening in a 360 view uh, in front of you, and you have ability to make decisions at a high level on daily basis, critical decisions, having difficult conversations. So talking about uh, road sync, uh, we, we we talk to leadership at Motive. They're more towards like fleet management for uh, you know trucking industry. You have a lot of customers in the trucking industry as well. So uh, starting off, I'm assuming that you have more uh, more of your customer segment uh, from mid market to enterprise. How do you, did you form the team? I know how big is that team, by the way? Uh, your your post sales team, more on the success side, and how you guys have segmented your customer base, like the installed base, and then we'll talk about your operations. Yeah, um, and my my apologies, my dogs in the background barking. One of the either good or bad things about working from home after the pandemic. We love dogs. Um, <laughs> They're always hope, welcome. <laughs> hopefully, the viewers will love dogs as well. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think it's a great question. Uh, so so RoadSync really serves two two markets. Uh, one is uh, where warehouses um, that are you know transporting um, all kinds of of items, but primarily in our case, uh, foods. Food is our is our big focus. And the second market is the tow and repair market. So you can have anybody from large, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten location, multi-state organizations, all the way down to uh, the one location um, that is owned by, you know, traditionally mom, mom pop shop, and and all very, very great businesses. And so um, we we have built, we have gone through somewhat of an evolution, I think, over the last uh, year or, or two uh, with the CS team. And, it, and kind of where we started was um, when you look at our customer base, you know, to your point, there are some that are, are really, really big and some that are, are smaller. Uh, and so we initially had the CS team handling each different type of customer in the same way. And what we realized was uh, it's very hard to scale when you're given the same onboarding process and the same attention to, you know, the the one person shop versus the the multi state shop. Uh, so in today's world, we have um, we have one director, uh, Jonathan, who is who is awesome, and we have a, a really great team that's been assembled uh, of one two three CSMs and, and then one RevOps analyst who, who is just incredible at what, what he does. He sees, th he sees things that, that I just, no one else sees. And so um, it's, it's, a really, it's a really good team. The way we've kind of looked at this is tiering our customers, right? Um, and ensuring that uh, we are using our time wisely. Um, it's the one thing that is equal to everybody, right? It's a, it's a finite resource. Uh, we all have 24 hours in a day. And so, uh, and and at work, realistically, you have eight hours, maybe nine, maybe sometimes ten. But we don't really like to get into that, right? We're certainly not going to force any of our team members to be there nine, ten hours a day. So realistically, you have eight hours in a day, and so you have to select what you're going to use that eight hours in a day to do. Um, and so, um, I think the second thing, and and I've I've learned this more so in my journey, uh, particularly over the last six months, is the idea of prioritization. Uh, and particularly when you're running, um, you know, a, a team like ours with as, as many customers as we're fortunate enough to handle, um, you're not going to be able to get to everything in one day. And so you really have to uh, prioritize 
what's important. And in that case for us, it's right now, it's getting people onboarded, right? And uh, sales does a great job of signing up the team or signing up a new customer. We want to get them onboarded and transacting, right? Um, because uh, that helps them with their business. Uh, but, you know, selfishly, it obviously helps us with our business. So um, we've sort of built a team around this idea of, of tiers. Um, the most experienced team members are handling the, the bigger and mid-sized customer. And then the ones that are still learning, but coming up very fast, uh, are, are handling, um, you know, the, the, the smaller tiered customers. Um, and then the focus right now for us is, is onboarding. Um, we have a great support team, so we're, you know, we're fortunate in a lot of ways. I know that uh, one of the things I read all the time on LinkedIn is support is not success and agree with that. Although I think success gets into support a lot more than we like to, even at, even at RoadSync, uh, which, which is fine, but we have a great support team. So uh, it allows us to prioritize um, calls with our customers, questions with our customers, uh, getting them up and running. Uh, and then, you know, once you've earned kind of their business, their trust, uh, Taylor, you kind of alluded to it earlier, um, talking to them about other additional features in the application. Um, but, you know, I, I'll go down one quick rabbit hole, you know, for the, for the audience, you know, mm -hmm. people have this idea that, you know, CS and sales should be separate. Um, I, I will, I will, uh, argue that another way on that with a, with a caveat is I, I think that customer success team members and, and one of the things that I look for, and I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead here, uh, one of the things I look for is the ability to, um, sales, not the right word, but to, to show value to customers when value needs to be shown. And Absolutely. realistically, um, one has to be comfortable in talking and asking questions to customers about, hey, we have you know, would, would this help you or, or what are you experiencing over here? Um, uh, and, and it's okay to ask those questions um, yeah. and, and not to do it in a, you know, quote unquote, you know, 20 years ago, car sales, mm -hmm. some type of way, you know, mm -hmm. the, the <laughs> finger guns flashing. So I think you have to be comfortable in doing that and you have to prioritize that um, within your team about how much time within that eight hour day um, you want to research ask and ultimately hopefully gain additional uh, features that benefit your customer mm -hmm. and obviously come back and benefit you. Interesting. Interesting. So you, you talked about uh, making sure you have, uh, you know, right teams behind it, like experienced people taking care of your bigger customers. And, you know, some people that, that are just joining, uh, joining the movement, they're learning, you're just making sure they have good books of business of smaller, low hanging fruits. So now, uh, I'm more interested in uh, how you are growing these smaller customers, of course, the lifetime value and how you're making sure at the same time they're well served, they perceive the value the soonest, uh, and, and and then they are consistently using the platform. So uh, you talked about prioritizing as well. I, I know that this can be a challenging when you have like one CSM has like 30 books uh, to take care of, 30 accounts that are not paying too much versus uh, you know a couple that are paying too much and how you guys centralize those I can say a lot of uh, companies, tech companies, they do data uh, houses or maybe data analytics tools that they use. Is there any technology that you've incorporated to make it a success? And how you make customers a center of it at all times, be it a small customer, be it a mid-size or an enterprise customer. Customer yeah. centricity, I would love to uh, for you to touch on that too. Yeah. Um, 
and, you, and so sorry, just to clarify, are you asking specifically just how do we handle the small customers or you want me kind of to touch so on how you grow problem? basically uh, then how you in, uh, unlock growth from install base, be it small and then making them bigger over time, how you monitoring their data points, their usage information, and you're staying on top of it and based on that you're driving cadences and if needed uh, or QBRs uh, to take yeah. the right information. Okay, gotcha. Um, so one, we, you know, like a lot of organizations, we have a, a pretty robust tech stack that we have tracking on, on our site to understand where our customers are going. Um, we use um, a software that uh, captures basically all the transactional data that runs through RoadSync. Um, and we can slice and dice that by kind of however we want data reports, um, uh, you know, uh, aggregated reports, um, open invoices i mean you kind of name it right and, and i can go into this uh the system and and get it and so um you know we we have data reports uh high level reports delivered uh to us it's, it's called the, the flash report uh done by our finance group uh and they do a great job of highlighting what's working and and you know what needs to be paid attention to i also think that um we've come a long way in our organization about not being too reactive to daily numbers um because they, in my opinion like if you're reactive to daily you're always going to be changing for changing sake um and it's it's hard to run a, a business on that right like if, if if a big customer goes down a day or a week does it mean something maybe um if they go down for a month or two yeah that has more i think that's more indicative of, of something that needs to be addressed so definitely um having the understanding from a tech stack standpoint there's some great tools out there, both um, that you, that you know cost a good amount of money, but also that you can get when you're you know young in a in a, in a startup world um, for for little cost. And, and a lot of these companies nowadays will let you try it out for you know 30, 60 days. So definitely a tech stack helps. Um, <clears throat> we, we do we don't have a mandate in terms of um, you have to do a quarterly review every quarter. Um, we do have. Uh, certain customers, particularly on the enterprise side that like to see monthly reporting. And so we have, um, I'll say about 50% automated that process. There's still some things that need to go in, just data points that need to be pulled in. And so they, they see their reporting on a, on a monthly basis. Um, and some of our customers want to meet with us every six months. So it really just varies uh, upon the customer. I guess my, my takeaway, my suggestion for the, the audience here would be, that one size doesn't necessarily fit all. Um, I remember going back again to, to proper recovery partners. Um, we we did have a, a mandate, a company mandate to meet with the customer every quarter. Um, and some of the feedback we got was, hey, you know what, this is great, but I, I don't need to meet with you every quarter. I wanna meet with you every six months. Um, or some of it was, hey, I need to meet more often, monthly, right? And so um, you kind of have to be open to playing that, um, to, to plan that with your customer, but also at the same time, figure out as best you can, how much of the same data you can put into your reporting to your customers. So that way you're not having to go and create a whole bunch of different documents. So we, we do use the, the idea of a business review, um, but I wouldn't call it quarterly. I would call it um, mm -hmm. customer requested. Um, maybe that's not the right word, but mm -hmm. um, just kind of customer customer directed. Um, so uh -huh. yeah, the, the, the tech stack is big, um, obviously talking to the customer is big. Uh, and then I think the last thing is 
Um, we have a, a really dynamic product team who is um, willing uh, to go and talk to our customers. And, you know, it's, it's not for me to judge other organizations uh, and what their product teams do, but um, I think, I do think it's important to have at least one uh, product individual hear feedback from the customer's mouth directly. Absolutely. Um, and the reason for that is because like, you know, Taylor could give me feedback as my customer and I could translate it, you know, deal to you. And what you hear me say is, is different than what Taylor said, or, or you as the product expert might have a question. For it Taylor. gets lost think, in translation. I yes. think that, yeah. So there's a lot lost in translation. So I think um, having a product team, uh, we have multiple on our team or, or, you know, depending on the size of the organization, at least one person that's in the product that understands the product uh, better than anybody else, having them comfortable um, talking to customers. And then as CS practitioners, we should be comfortable and encourage our, our product teams to talk to the customers. Um, uh-huh. I've seen before, I've heard before, and I've, I've, I've done it probably myself. Um, where it's like, hey, that no, that's that's my customer. Like, like, I, uh-huh. you know, you don't talk to them. I, I talk to them. That's, that's not the way to go, right? We we want we're we're a team. Um, customer success is not just based in one department. It's throughout the entire company. And so, you know, if I can, if Absolutely. I or or anybody on the team can get help from a product uh, colleague to go talk to these customers, boy, I'm more than welcome. That. Yeah, a lot of tech companies that uh, I'm. I know they have product owners, product managers. They directly talk to customers once every month. If there are some feature updates, they go talk to uh, talk to them about the feature. If they want to any sort of enhancement, any kind of feedback that they want to receive to be able to ship the product in a better way, with a better experience. So it's all about the product when it comes to a product-based business. Uh, at the end of the day, product is the center of uh, you know everything. If that is working good, you're able to deliver the value. You're able to build the relationship. It's not just about you know, having the customer facing team talking about and building a relationship, but not, you know, for, for, for someone that has made the transaction to the sales rep initially for, for the product that is actually going to do something, solve their problem into the business operations. And that's not been served. So it, it is at the end of the day, in a product-based uh, business, in a tech business, it's more about who are the people that are taking decisions on the product and how they are getting the information. It is super important. A lot of teams that we, we also know that they have, Kind of technical onboarding managers or maybe uh kind of a solution uh you know architects of sorts so they they're technical well technical now so they gather information and put it to the product team that works but in case as you mentioned you need product owners or product managers to talk directly to the customer so now uh talking about uh this journey that you explained and also the technology we preach too much about investing in the data making sure you have a unified or centralized place where your customer facing team specifically customer success team has all the data points has all the information in a, in a more uh, unified place just like a source of truth for csms so how does that play out in uh, in your organization right now uh, it it hasn't manifested itself uh, probably as completely or wholly as other organizations um, we still have to go to two, three, probably three or four different places sometimes to to get um, to get information, and I, I think the takeaway here again it it comes back to I think what's best for your organization and it really depends on um, who your customer base is and and kind of how you want to run it. And so uh, if it's 
critical for your organization, your CS team to have, you know, all your data in one place, then investing in one of those tools is, is absolutely the way to go. Um, for us right now, we've been able to have success without that. Doesn't mean that necessarily that'll be the case moving forward as we evolve. Um, and so it kind of comes back to, you know, figuring out what's best for you and your team um, and executing uh, from, from there. I love that. Cool. And, and you, you also touched on that a bit, Brian, <clears throat> previously with the QBRs and reshaping your perspective on the reviews, just because every other business mostly takes their, you know, mid to, you know, enterprise customer uh, customers and have these quarterly business reviews doesn't mean that you have to, you know, as an organization, if that's not what works with your clients and with their needs. I um, mean, I think that goes back to the original theory that, you know, one of your your fundamentals is, are you actually providing value to the client? And it's actually looking at every single thing you do as a, a company to serve value and is in looking at it and saying, is this actually providing value or is this just generating a time waste? And then that turns into, you know, churn and such like that. But just before we wrap, I would love if you could dive a little bit into, you know, the team and how you go about hiring something, maybe what you look for and people that you want on your team. And also if you have any um, openings, you could dive into that as well. Sure. Um, so I think when you're looking at, you know, a customer success role, I think the, the first thing I've noticed is that uh, the the most successful uh, candidates don't necessarily have to have a, a background in customer success or what you would call legacy customer success, right? Um, if, if you think about your background and, and you have helped or um, uh, interacted or done anything with um, another individual that you consider a customer, I think the best example I have is school teachers. I mean, talk about a tough CS job, um, right? When you look at it, I mean, your customers are all, you know, they're, 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 they could be difficult. Um, uh, they don't necessarily are, are professional all the time, particularly as you talk about elementary. You know, I have an eight and six-year-old and uh, I can only imagine how they are at school sometimes, right? So, you know, teachers are great examples, but, but that, doesn't, that doesn't have to stop there. Um, so, you know, don't, if you're trying to get in customer success and you're fearful of, oh, I don't have that legacy customer success background, don't let that stop you. Um, figure out how you've helped um, others before and translate that into a story when you're when you're talking to someone or when you're interviewing someone. Um, the, the two key characteristics I look for that I found the, the best CSMs and, and eventually have gone on to be um, great leaders. I could, I could name some names if you wanna know, um, hit, send me a LinkedIn message. I'm happy to share with you for, for a recommendation standpoint, but um, they, they have really uh, two, two main things. They have a lot of things underneath this, but there's, there's two main things and they, they both start with a C. One is um, uh, curiosity, and the second one is confidence. Uh, the first one, you know, curiosity to um, want to understand the customers' uh, challenges, to understand why they signed up uh, with us for a particular product, um, and to understand how they can um, drive more value uh, for them uh, going forward. Um, so, you know, having that curiosity um, from from you know, asking direct questions to the customer to, you know, knowing that your customer is a publicly traded organization, they do a quarterly earnings call to go figure out what you can learn from that earnings call. You know, um, I, I think that is very important. Um, the second thing is uh, co confidence. And, and again, sort of alluding to what I 
talked about earlier um, when you're talking to your customer, it's great to have curiosity, but if you don't have the confidence to ask the proper questions, if you don't have the confidence to uh, try to figure out that additional value, and maybe most importantly of all that, if you don't have the confidence on um, to tell your customer uh, exactly uh, what they need to, to hear to help make a decision, um, you know, I, I, it's gonna be hard for you to be a, a CSM. Um, I, I read a great post yesterday uh, that said, you know, customer success is not the happiness department. And, and I agree with that. Like we want to make our customers happy, but that's not like all, all we do. And there's sometimes we get to be on a call or a zoom with a customer and you have to say, no, we can't do that. No, we won't do that. Uh, but it takes a very confident person to stand up and say, no, we won't. No, we can't. We messed up. And here's why. Uh, and to kind of go through that, stay calm. Sometimes customers just want to vent. We've all, you know, if you're in CS, you've been on those those calls, those Zooms where the customer just wants to scream and that's and that's fine. Um, and so curiosity and confidence for me um, are really two things that I try to uh, to drill on when I'm interviewing uh, someone. And it's not it's not direct overt questions. Hey, Taylor, are you are you curious? Right. It's more, um, you know, tell me about a, a time that you had a, a situation with a customer or somebody that you didn't understand. And how did you go about understanding that? What questions did you ask? And just I care more about your thought process there than anything else. Um, the latter part of your question is, um, uh, we don't have any openings in CS right now. I know we're looking for a product manager, um, which kind of gets out of rental today uh, and a few other roles, uh, but we've got a fantastic team right now. Um, and, uh, you know, if, certainly if we open up roles, you can always go check out at the RoadSync website, but uh yeah right now we're we don't have any we unfortunately don't have any cs roles love that brian i think that was Amazing. also you know you dropped a lot of really important nuggets at the end and i love the two you should you should make a, a little thing about that the two c's to hiring your cs team something like that and do a little uh skit but it's also uh just to touch on your point about if you don't have that previous cs experience don't count yourself out you can reshape the fundamentals of what it takes to be a great CS leader into daily life. Just like you said, the school teachers, how about parents? You know, you're, you're, you're a CSM in a way, you're trying to make your clients happy all the time or else you're gonna get kicking and screaming. So it's, it's a different type of um, providing value and, and care. But I think that's um, a really important point to make. Ryan, we can't thank you yeah. enough. We really, really um, yeah. are so happy to have you on. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll be in touch. Thank you both. Thank you very much uh, for, you. for your time, and Brian. Have a good rest Thank of the day. Thank you. Thank you so very much for staying with us on the episode. Please share your feedback at adil at hyperengage.io. We definitely need it. Uh, we will see you next time with another guest on the stage with some concrete tips on how to operate better as a customer success leader and how you can empower engagements with some building some meaningful relationships. We qualify people for the episode just to make sure we bring the value to the listeners. Do reach us out if you want to refer any CS leader. Until next time, goodbye and have a good rest of your day.